Coming up, we're going to talk about some specific soft skills that guide you when you're working in a group. That and more in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Episode 7. Boy, Toby, it seems like we were doing this just a couple minutes ago, and it's already been a week. Episode 7 of Serious Soft Skills. I'm Bob Graham, and with me is Dr. Tobin Porterfield. We each teach college, we collaborate on researching soft skills, and we both have used and seen others employ soft skills in various jobs over the course of our long careers. Not that long, but long. We think our experiences and our expertise give us a unique lens for looking at soft skills, and we're going to show you that in the next couple of minutes. So, Toby, let's talk about soft skills being used in groups. Before we do that, can you just sort of set up where we are in this whole continuum? Because we've sort of been doing this over the last couple of weeks. Right, Bob. We've got our four groups. We started out in episode five with individual skills. We talked about loyalty and um, time management and the, the items that you bring to work that you're, are really internal and they help you operate successfully in the work environment. Then we moved outside of the individual to those what we call nexus skills that help us interact one-on-one with others. We talked about written and oral communication, patience, empathy, uh, emotional and social intelligence, those types of things. And I think, or I I actually hope as our listeners heard those and, and processed through some of those skills, that some of those skills, they went, well, that just comes naturally to me. And, and maybe there's others that you look at and you say, well, I really, don't even think about it. I developed that skill. Maybe that's making presentations. Maybe it's uh, writing. Maybe you've been trained in it and you've just, it's just part of who you are now. And, and to that, we say, great. We, we hope that you recognize that skill that you have and that you use it and that you look at the others and say, okay, now how do I build strengths in those that I don't have as much in? How do I bring those into play so that they get to that part that they're just naturally how I engage. So we're pretty excited now. As you said, there's so much. I mean, if I have to get put on one more team at work, I'm going to go just out of my mind. But it's all about groups and teams. And someone the other day said to me, uh, when it comes to innovation, and we were talking about innovation in the uh, uh, academic world and, and in the classroom, is that you're not going to lock yourself in a room and suddenly come out with the great idea of how you're going to innovate what you do. It's going to be in a group. It's going to be people bringing different experiences and uh, experiences they have with technologies, experiences of things they've done that have worked and things that have failed. But it's when a group bring those th- brings those things together. You mentioned problem solving, and I'm going to add to that that that's where our real innovations come from. I I think you see that over and over is, you know, look at um, NASA is a great example of an organization where you get a lot of people around the room. If you talk to anyone who's ever worked with NASA, they talk about, you know, big teams addressing big problems and small problems, and no one does it alone at all. And we see that with SpaceX, you know, Elon Musk's company. And we see it even in small companies. I work with some of my clients and They'll get all the employees around the table and try to troubleshoot a customer service issue or a technology issue or even, you know, just something that they're worried about that might be a competitive worry. 
Right on track, Bob. And let's let's go ahead and nail down what we identified as being those group soft skills so that our listeners have an idea of what, what we're talking about. And these are, I would say, much more uh, recognizable and actionable. And we see those in people that are able particularly to effectively, um, uh, what's the word we used before, to influence a group. Yep. So we start with things like the ability to, to delegate, the ability to make decisions and be decisive, to be analytical. So that, that ability to, to bring in different aspects and different thoughts and, and perspectives and understand how they fit together, um, to be able to communicate at multiple levels. So not just those communication skills we've talked about before, but to be able to communicate up to leadership so that they understand where your group's headed and also to be able to, to communicate down and across. So that, that widespread, uh, cultural awareness is certainly within groups. We're going to find people with a diverse culture, which is a huge benefit when we're trying to solve problems or be innovative to have that in the group, but then to have that cultural awareness, to be able to not, try to get everyone to be the same, but to really leverage those differences, uh, to gather information, locate and share, to conduct and facilitate meetings, certainly, uh, to mentor and develop others. And we've talked about the term, but to really be innovative, to be sensitive to finding those new ideas and, and drawing them out and not looking for those, uh, what do we call these uh, uh, marginal improvements, but to really look at something that uh, jumps the curve and really changes. We've we've talked before about the Kawasaki uh, uh, TEDx video where he talks about the the key elements of innovation, and he he recognized and he says, you know, the people that used to uh, cut ice out of the ponds were not the people that created ice machines. And the people that created ice machines weren't the people that made refrigerators. So they they missed that ability to have huge innovations. Other groups came in and revolutionized in industries. So that that innovative uh, juice, certainly to be able to work in a team, to be a team member, to be a team player, and then to be able to lead, to direct, to build teams, and to collaborate. Is so it, it's a it's a it's a hearty list for us. Is it fair to say, Toby, that we've sort of shifted gears here a little bit? Because I'm I'm thinking of this list and comparing it to the individual and the nexus groupings that we created. And this one really sounds more like manager type qualities that you're you're actually going beyond just getting the work done. But now you're starting to look at the work and how to achieve work in a broader perspective through working with different parts of an organization or different stakeholders, whether it's customers or vendors or uh, maybe even your competitors or different divisions within a company, so that all those things were sort of upping the ante here and moving to a higher level in some ways. But I think it's also important that as we talk through these, it's necessary to be pretty good at the ones that came before it. So it's not like you could jump the rails and skip the individual ones and skip the Nexus ones that we've created and just go to this and be a great manager. Is that correct to say, or am I missing? No, that's right on track. And that's what I think a lot of us can identify with is we've seen that person who 
officially moves into the management role and isn't able to delegate, isn't able to make decisions, isn't able to collaborate. And so we we often term that as the Peter principle or somebody's been promoted beyond their skills level. And that's our our issue here. And I, I think, Bob, you and I share this is that when we when we look at these soft skills, we could have a person who's not in an in a manager role who has these skills and they're having significant influence on their workplace in groups, in one on one and beyond. And our, our hope is that organizations and individuals kind of grasp these and say, well, not only do I want to develop these, these are the kind of people that I want to make sure get promoted and to really be able to, to say, and we see that in job descriptions, right? We've, we've done it did a huge mm-hmm. study of job postings and we saw some of these soft skills come out, but to, for an organization to really be able to pinpoint these and say, no, these are the specific soft skills we're looking for in a leader. And once you've pinned them down, how do you articulate them? How do you identify that person that has the ability to delegate? to be a team player, because not only do we have to ask for it, we've got to be able to assess it and recognize it. And I think it also comes to mind to me that someone who has these skills, if they're in an organization and they're being squandered, someone's going to see that person is really good at those things, and they're going to make them an offer. And I know of someone who was working at a coffee shop that had really good delegational skills in this coffee shop. And when she worked, everyone knew that things would get done, that everyone got their order really efficiently. And she was there for about two months. And then lo and behold, she wasn't there. And I asked one of the other baristas what happened to her. And they said, oh, one of the customers offered her a job making like four times as much as she made at this coffee shop. And so she left. And the the other employees were really upset about that. But you know, that's what happens, right? If you don't leverage those skills within your employees, within your organization, you have a flight risk because people want to use those skills. And of course, as you develop these skills, your opportunity in the case of this girl that worked in the coffee shop, her salary went up four times because someone said, boy, you have a real talent here. I want to compensate you for that talent that you have and put you in a position to use that talent to help us achieve our goals because at the coffee shop, yeah, you're you're doing that, but that's small potatoes compared to what we're trying to do. So I think that's one of the things that in terms of an employer, they run a risk here when they're not properly assessing these and not leveraging them within their existing employee base. And as you say, when they're not hiring and thinking about them, But I also want to turn it around a little bit and say for that person who's demonstrating these skills, it's an opportunity. This increases your value within the workplace. This gives you the ability to do other things that, you know, you may have to remind your bosses that you can do these things because sometimes they're not looking at it. You know, I I had a job where I was, um, they needed someone to go around the country and do um, presentations at hotels. And no one wanted to do it because they didn't want to travel one summer. I was like, I'll do it. I can do presentations. And they knew that because I had done some webinars. I had done some public-facing stuff. And they were like, sure, Bob, go ahead. Well, it was a great opportunity. I got a summer where I got to pick the cities around the country that I went to. And I got to use a really powerful skill of mine, which was connecting with people through a presentation 
in an organization where they would have had to bring someone in to do that. So fortunately for me, when the opportunity was made available, I raised my hand and said, yeah, I'd love to take this on. What I find is you get people who, one, don't know about the opportunity because employers are not doing that inventory and not even putting it out there. Or two, the employees going, if they knew I had these skills, they would let me use them. And I think that's one of the things that we're finding is that connection between the employer and the employees about these soft skills isn't always as finely tuned as it is with the technical skills. Oh, I agree. And and I think we also uh, could, could speak to the managers out there, those people who are already in a management role that have maybe a small team or, or even a large team. Are they recognizing the value of those soft skills? Are they appreciating those soft skills and, and giving credit to the employees who exhibit them? And, and the appreciation goes a long way to saying, yes, I know how to make presentations and it's recognized in my organization. It, it can, it can uh, diffuse some of that uh, flight risk, as you mentioned. And I think it also makes for more engaged employees. When we're using our strengths in different ways, it makes us feel more invested and it makes us feel like it's more fun to get up and go to work each day than to just be doing the work stuff. Having this extra, these extra skills opens doors to different outlets for creativity. And I know there are people just like, you know, moving the widgets from point A to point B, but some people want to be challenged in new ways and feel like they're evolving within an organization. So I think that's the other part of this. Um, could you give us that list one more time, Toby, of these these skills? Because we've sort of talked about them, and I always feel like we, we, we sort of go through them, and then we go away from them, and then we need to come back to them. So can you run through that list one more time for folks? Certainly. And for, for groups, we've identified 12 soft skills. They start out with the ability to delegate, the ability to make decisions, to be analytical, to be able to communicate at multiple levels, to be culturally aware, to gather, locate, and share information, to conduct and facilitate meetings, to be able to suggest improvements, to be able to mentor, develop others, and inspire, to be innovative, to work in teams, be a team member, team player, and to lead people, direct others, build teams, collaborate. Okay, wow, that's a, that's quite an extensive list and a lot to to chew on. But as we've said in other episodes, the first thing for a person to do is really take a, a, an inventory of where you are on these things. So take that list and say, you know, rate yourself. I'm a, five's the best, and one's you know I need a lot of improvement. Do that inventory and then pick off one or two and start to say, okay, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on my delegation skills. What would that look like? You know, I'm going to look, I'm going to inventory the tasks that come into me each day and I'm going to say, am I the best person to do this task or would it be someone else who could do that task? And, you know, all those soft skills really, that's where you start to think about it. And when you start to think about it a little bit, you start to do it differently, and hopefully over time it becomes just part of that DNA, like the things you said earlier, where we just get good at something, and it just is. It's no longer something we think about. So with that, Toby, I think we probably should draw the line on this episode, and let me tease next week's episode. But first, let me ask people to, if you're um, new to us, please subscribe to us on iTunes. 
and give us a review. We'd love to get your feedback on iTunes. You can star us. You can also contact us at any time at podcast at serioussoftskills.com. Let me say that correctly. Podcast at serioussoftskills.com. Or you can tweet us at realsoftskills. Those are two ways to get in touch with us. You can also go to our website, which oddly enough is serioussoftskills.com. And we would love to hear from you. We, we hope this to be a dialogue and we would love to take your questions or your insights. And I promise you, if you give us an insight or a question, we will put it on the air. You have my word on that. So with that, Toby, we'll close this episode with a quick tease for next week. Next week, we're going to talk about enterprise soft skills. That's our fourth category of soft skills. And they're really the ones, just to give a little um, a, a little uh, context, they're really the ones that help you influence how an organization moves forward. So we hope you'll join us next week. Our new episodes come out every Wednesday. Until then, thank you for listening. Good day, and your favorite thing in the whole wide world still, Toby. Good soft skills. Good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.